Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Thanks to the pandemic, we were even more reliant on our laptops than ever before. But with CS2022, we have a glimpse into how those laptops will figure even more into our lives. I'm Roger Chang, and this is your Daily Charge. With me to discuss the latest at CES 2022 is our resident laptop guru, Dan Ackerman. Welcome, Dan. Hey there. So overall, how has CES 2022 been on a laptop front? It's really interesting. Both this year and last year, CES 2021, were both largely remote, uh, but they really felt like almost any other year in terms of computers and laptops, because all the big companies still had fairly complete lineups of products, and they're really broadcasting you know, what they're thinking is going to be important in the coming year uh, through what the new features on these products are. Yeah, and I want to kind of jump on that a little bit, because CES, unlike last year, which was fully remote, this year was is a hybrid show, and we had a bit of you know chaos with a number of big players pulling out of their physical presence over the last few weeks, and we're CNET we're covering this all remotely. So I'm I'm curious if anything has changed for you or, or how the experience of covering this has changed from both years past and last year. And the big difference this year is I unfortunately don't get to have as much hands-on time with the individual products as I usually do. Last year was actually a little better for that because everyone knew it was going to be remote. So companies would send me the products and I could check them out and do a video and kind of talk about them and then send them back. This year, because everything switched from in-person to mostly remote so late in the game, I have not been able to do that, uh, although a couple of companies have come to New York with their lineups. Great. And and curious about... The noteworthy computers that are showing up at the show, whether it's virtually or, or in person, but anything, you know, anything catch your eye? I think there's some cool stuff, and I think that people are feeling, or, or computer companies feel like they can experiment a little more now that we're over that initial year and a half, two year pandemic hump where everyone just needed a Chromebook that worked or a cheap laptop so everybody in the house can have one because everyone's got to work from home and go to school at home. So I saw some cool stuff. Uh, I like the the latest version of the XPS 13 from Dell, which is you know one of the most popular uh, almost MacBook Air competitors. This one's called the XPS 13 Plus, uh, and they've just taken some design risks with it. They got rid of the touchpad; it's just one big giant piece of glass on the front of it. You have to kind of like get some muscle memory to figure out where the touchpad is. And they've replaced the function key row with something that's kind of like the Apple uh, Touch Bar, but not really. It's just kind of a it's it's just a uh, you know, a touch-sensitive bar with these are the function keys or the media keys, but they don't change. It's not like a it's not like a color screen that changes with every single thing you do. That's sort of you know iffy, but I think they did that to get it thin enough uh, to fit in higher power processors. So they had to cut you know some space, and one of the ways you do that is to get rid of that top row of keys. Got it. And any other laptops, notable laptops that have caught your eye? You know, HP has a line called Dragonfly. That's a, a nice high-end, uh, you know, business-oriented system. This year, they have a Dragonfly Chromebook, which makes it a very high-end Chromebook. I think it's the first Chromebook with Intel vPro, which means it's especially suited for 
IT departments who need to remotely manage their computers. And that's one of the things that a lot of Chromebooks don't have, the ability to work all your corporate you know, infrastructure into it. Mm. And I guess generally, in terms of some of the features and upgrades you're seeing, are there what are some of the big trends that uh, we're, we're expecting to see for laptops in 2022? I think the biggest thing, and we knew we needed this a year and a half, two years ago, but it takes time to say there's a market need. We have to design a product, prototype it. We have to get it manufactured and shipped. So there's like a two-year lag from when we figure stuff out. And we all figured out we need really good, or at least reasonably good 1080 full HD webcams in our laptops. And you know, if you look back, even the MacBook Air doesn't have a good, it has a terrible webcam actually. And a lot of other computers do. If you have a 720 webcam, that's a resolution, it's just not gonna be great. And we're all in these meetings on video all day long. You need, you need an HD camera. Apple started to add them last year with the, with the new MacBook Pros, but it's not in the air yet. Fortunately, most of the new laptops I've seen, at least the premium ones at CES, they're finally able to add those cameras. It's not like they knew they didn't need them a year ago, a year and a half ago. It just takes that long to actually get them into a shipping product. Right. And beyond welcome, you also mentioned mics in your story. The, the, that's sort of the other end, right? The audio side of things, they're, they're, they just weren't that great before, right? Right. Some of them had some good features like you know, noise canceling or directional audio where it knows to only sense like directly in front of it. But it wasn't super widespread. And that combination of the better microphone and the better camera is going to make these, you know, endless Zoom meetings and other meetings, you know, just much more bearable because you can always tell in any big Zoom meeting who's got just like the standard MacBook Air because it's too low. It's like looking up at their face. The image is fuzzy. Uh, one cool thing I saw, Dell had a concept piece. Uh, it's, not a, it's not a shipping product. It's kind of a prototype, but it was a little webcam. It's a wireless webcam that sits on top of your monitor and you can pick it up. It's almost like a little uh, round pill bottle and you can stick it magnetically anywhere on a special monitor they also built. So you can line it up exactly with your eye line. You can block somebody's face if you find them annoying or if you have some notes on a piece of paper, you can just pick up the camera and aim it right down at that and then just put it back in the little magnetic housing on top of the monitor. And again, that's a concept piece. It's not a, it's not a final product, but that's something I would totally be into buying. Oh yeah, that sounds amazing. Uh, I'm constantly fiddling around with with camera angles, so that having something modular like that you can just move around sounds like a sounds like a godsend. Or if you're showing something off, I was gonna if you're showing something off, I'm always picking up my laptop and like rotating it around the room to show people things. Like, look at this over here. If I can just pick up the camera and point it and have it connect wirelessly, that's brilliant. Now, uh, these higher end webcams and mics, I'm, I'm curious from what you're seeing so far in your conversations with these laptop manufacturers. If this is stuff that's going to be just reserved for the high end, or are we just going to see better webcams and mics overall filter down through the entire laptop lines? I think we are going to see it filter down because it's it's cheaper in the long run to have one or two parts you put in everything. Uh, the problem is sometimes you need space for it, and that's why some of the super thin laptops never had great cameras because they just didn't physically have the room for the bigger sensors that you needed. That ironically makes it a little bit easier to put into less expensive products because those are usually bulkier and have the extra room in them. So I think long term, we're going to get everybody kind of using the same hardware. Okay. All right. And you, know, you mentioned in your story today about sort of what laptops look like this year, about sort of laptop makers trying to be more green or more environmentally friendly. I'm curious what they're doing in this area. 
You know, it's interesting. We've seen a lot of people play up on that over the last couple of years, but especially this uh, year at CES, we've seen a few things. Uh, I know Acer has some very green laptops, and what they what they mean by that is they I mean it's made out of a lot of like post consumer recycled material. And uh, you know, Lenovo has a yoga that they tout as being like their greenest yoga, and it expand it, it extends not just to the laptop itself, but also the packaging it comes in and the power supply. And Dell again had some concept pieces and prototypes they were showing. Off. One of them was a modular laptop where you could more easily get to the individual components inside and send them back to Dell to either be recycled or to be put in a new system if you're getting a new part. And I think that that way of not having to trash the entire thing and just replacing things piecemeal and even passing things along so they get used in new systems, I think that's really interesting because so many laptops now are just sealed boxes and there's almost no ability to get inside. And when, you, when you're done with them and you want to upgrade, they just kind of go in the trash. Right, right. And I know more and more consumers are thinking about the impact on the environment as they're making these purchases. So it's good to see the laptop makers are thinking that through too. Uh, Your story also talked about some of the more, I guess, innovative changes. And I'm curious what, you know, what you saw at, uh, at CS22, 2022, and just sort of beyond what your conversations you're having, what are some of the other big changes that might be coming to laptops uh, in the near future? You know, I'm saying this is something I'm not saying it's going to work out, but I am seeing a lot of people experiment even more with adding secondary displays to their laptops. Now, we, we've seen this in a couple of cases over the last over the last few years, but I think it's becoming more mainstream now in that people want more overall functionality and adding, you know, taking like this new Lenovo ThinkBook and adding an eight inch color screen, almost like a little tablet that sits next to the keyboard and lets you, you know, do overflow text or have a control surface or have a, a, a drawing or writing surface built right in. I think that's super interesting. I don't know if it's practical for everybody, but I like where it's going. And of course, Asus has had systems with secondary displays for years. They've got a new gaming one that has a big, almost like the Apple touchpad, but like five times larger that pops up when you open the lid. And like, I think that's super interesting, especially because when you're gaming, for example, you have a lot of secondary information you may want to push down to a second screen like that. Uh, and of course, you know, people are adding new, you know, there's a lot of new stuff happening in graphics cards. Uh, NVIDIA has new GPUs. AMD has new, GP, new GPUs. But Intel also has a new, they call their own discrete GPU. It's called Arc. And it's a step up from, from the uh, you know, integrated graphics that Intel has had for years and years. Now, they always claim are getting better, but they never really do. So I'm very interested to see where this new better built-in graphics from Intel go so you don't need a discrete GPU and those are hard to get now because of obviously all the all the chip shortages. Yeah, and that's a great segue to my last question. You know, with all these new bells and whistles and features, these new laptops being shown off, like how how much of this is going to be impacted by the chip shortage, which I know Intel has said this could last till not just through this year, but but even next year. Are we actually going to be able to get any of these new, you know, feature packed laptops? You know, that affects so many industries, as you know, you know, game consoles, cars, computers. I think on the computer side in particular, there's also a secondary problem that we saw over the past year, year and a half, where there was such an increased demand because people needed more systems. Because if you had kids in school, they couldn't share a laptop anymore. They each had to have their own for remote schooling. So especially inexpensive systems were sold out left and right and continue to be kind of hard to find. I think in the long run, that's a bigger issue than the chip shortages right now. Because 
because a laptop is something that you buy, you know, maybe every four or five years, you know, at most, uh, unless you're somebody who, knew, you know, is on the cutting edge of gaming and you want to update all the time. Uh, I have not had any manufacturers say to me they are super worried about that particular supply chain issue going into 2022, but I do know it's definitely an issue on the graphics side which is becoming more important because people, you know, crypto mine with them in addition to just using them for gaming and video editing and photo editing and things like that. Absolutely. It's a problem we'll have to keep an eye on. Dan, thanks for your time. You can check out his full story on CNET.com. If you have any questions, hit us up on Twitter at The Daily Charge or sign up for direct text messages from me by heading to CNET.co slash Daily Charge. And if you liked what you heard, please rate and subscribe to the podcast. It really helps us out. For The Daily Charge, I'm Roger Chang. Thanks for listening. <laughs>